It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It is week eight in the college football season, and it's time to talk about the primetime games, the wagers we like, the leans, and everything in between. Also, recap a little bit of what happened last week in college football. Always very eventful, always an ever-changing landscape, that's for sure. And of course, to break it all down with me is the one, the only, Scott Bogman from Betting Pros. What is up, Boggs? How are you doing tonight? Uh, you want me to lament about the one I missed last week? Six and four last week. Six and four. I, I was two extra points missed away from being seven and three because I had the over on the Georgia game at 44 and a half and it ended 30 to 13 with two missed extra points. So that is, I mean, that's what happens in college football, man. Mm. It's college kids. They're all over the place. So, uh, but look, this is what we learned. Georgia is by far and away the best team in the country. I don't think it's even close. I don't think you could call it close. The only reason they let Kentucky score 13 is because they let in a touchdown on that last drive with no time left in the clock on the clock after a penalty and all that stuff. Uh, so Georgia was absolutely dominant. Did you get to see any of that one? Uh, I got a little bit of it. I actually did see a little bit of it. Uh, I saw enough of Iowa also, <laughs> which is, <laughs> You know, uh, we talked about it being a trap game. They went from two to eleven. Uh, yeah, so that happened, um, <laughs> and and it yeah. was it was so obvious that it was going to happen that it just felt like it was just easy money. <laughs> and at the same time, you're looking at it and you go, still again, really Iowa. But you know what? I mean, I guess we should know better. I mean, we talked about it, so I guess we did know better. But at the same time, I mean, this is the difference between I think those those big time programs and the yeah. programs that are always kind of knocking at the door. I had Iowa. I wrote them up to win this game, uh, and but I shouldn't know better because Purdue does. They'll they'll beat. I think they. Said I this t- is, well, then I guess I was the one who was right because I told the, you this is like a letdown to me. The third time, the third time that Iowa has beat the number two ranked team or better in the country in the last, uh, I think, six seasons or something right. like that. It, it's just uh, insane. But uh, Georgia, so the Athletic did a straw poll of Heisman voters, mm-hmm. and Jordan Davis, their defensive tackle, uh, is like fourth in Heisman wow. voting right now. So, uh, and because we just don't have a clear-cut Heisman winner at this point. I mean, No, uh, there hasn't guess, been a transcendent quarterback. There hasn't really. Can you really, guess the no. top three, do you think? Ugh. Gosh, I you know I don't even know at this point. I feel like so um, your boy Bryce Young would be third on that. Oh, play. see then, yeah, and right off the bat, it's wrong. Like I mean, I <laughs> I was gonna say they probably put Bryce Young in that conversation, but they shouldn't because that's that's ridiculous. I don't think Matt, there's a quarterback in that conversation this year. Matt Corral is number Corral, one fine. right now, uh, but fine. he's hurt because he, he just had right. thirty carries against Tennessee, and you know they threw a bunch of stuff on the field. Uh, I'm sure you saw that. And then Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State, is second. So. Uh, that's kind of where it stands right now. So it's going to be real interesting uh, come Heisman time. Uh, we have no separation at this point. So we're going to have to have someone separate themselves. I didn't put that on the list, but the Heisman is uh, really, really up in the air. Pitt could be for real. They held Virginia Tech to seven points in a 28-7 win. That was very interesting. They're ranked 23rd right now. And they got a big matchup against Clemson this week. So I think we're going to find out a lot about them in that game. 
Uh, Bama rebounded uh, like we thought they would, forty-nine they sure to nine, and stomp a mud hole, as we good said. Good luck with Bama for the rest of the year. If you're in their way, they are looking for massive beatdown. So uh, that we'll be talking about them in a little bit. And same, I, I did the claps. Same old Texas. Same old <laughs> Texas. Uh, this was, I told you, this was Sark's big chance to mm. show me that he's different from the other coaches. And they lost again on another second half comeback, not making the correct adjustments. So, uh, you know, same old Texas. Here we are. I got to ask you this, too. You know, last year's draft class was very quarterback heavy, obviously, and a very a good draft class overall. A little light on the defensive side. This year, how's that draft class stocking up for you? Because it feels like it feels a little light right now as you're it's watching in, these games. It's incomplete, man. Like that. Yeah, that's, okay. that's, a good that's how I it. would say uh, it is right now, because Sam Howell was Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler were one and two and Rattler is completely gone. I still think Howell can be one. Uh, I, okay. I think he can be one. I, you know, Matt Corral has obviously uh, pushed himself up into the conversation. Your boy Desmond Ritter has made because I was looking at, I think, PFFs. They always, uh, I love PFF, and I love, uh, they do the draft coverage. They do like mm -hmm. a draft guide uh, before the season starts, and they didn't have Ritter in the quarterbacks in there. Oh. So uh, yeah. he has made a huge step up, and they're going to be in the playoff as long as they don't drop one completely Well, hey, they're number two right now. You know, they're, right. they're in the driver's seat right now. You just got to take care of your own business G5 here. in there. So they, 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 all they got to do is beat who's in front of them, and they I mean, might Georgia beat, will smoke them. I sure I believe, they might get still. beat by 40 or 50 in, in the mm -hmm. playoff, but they'll get there. So uh, I think so. Desmond Ritter has a real chance to make himself a name. I like Dylan Gabriel and he broke, broke his uh, collarbone. Right. So it, it's just very, very uh, unsettled right now, especially since Rattler was going to be the one. Mm -hmm. And now he's not even, you know. Uh, Malik Willis, a lot of people like, but you know, he's been inaccurate. Carson, I feel like people Nevada are starting to talk themselves into guys, Bogman, and that's always right. a bad thing. That is the worst thing is like, we got to talk ourselves into because we need a quarterback in this draft class or two or three, or we need this. You know what? If it's not there, it's not Dude, there. Draft what's on the board. A lot of these guys on this list got, uh, you know, Rattler and Emory Jones just uh, have been replaced on their own team. Right. JT Daniels isn't even playing, right? I'm just. Uh, looking through uh, this draft guide, it's not it, – there are good quarterbacks, but they still need to separate themselves because, mm -hmm. look, whether they're good or not, they're going to get drafted. Our quarterbacks right. are going to go in the first round. Four are probably going to go in the first round. Uh, that's just kind of the average of what it's been recently. So they're not going to get skipped because they aren't that good. Teams are desperate. So they'll – like you said, teams will talk themselves into quarterbacks too. So – uh, there's a lot of time for these uh, teams to, uh, you know, put it together and make a run here. So we'll see. All right, let's turn the page from week seven and start looking at week eight. If you can believe it already, let's talk about the likes Bogman has this week. Uh, we'll start with Tulane at SMU. SMU ranked 21st in the nation. They are favored by 13 and a half in this contest. 70 and a half is the number. This is the Thursday night game. So Boggs, take me through SMU here. Uh, look, uh, Tulane is definitely better than their one and five record, right? Uh, mm -hmm. They've only beat an FCS school in Morgan State, but their schedule has been brutal. They played Oklahoma week one, and that was yeah. supposed to be at home and ended up on the road. Ole Miss, UAB, ECU might have been their easiest game, and that was their biggest loss, and Houston. And it just gets worse 
with a ranked SMU team on the road here. SMU is top 10 in scoring offense, 14th in passing. Tulane is bad against the pass, 115th in the nation. Uh, obviously, that uh, hard schedule hasn't done them any favors with that, but 277.2 yards per game. Uh, SMU quarterback Tanner Mordecai is a little bit questionable in this game, but he's expected to play. I got SMU in an absolute walk here. I, I like Tulane. I like Michael Pratt. I like what they've been doing there, but SMU is just another brutal beat for them in this awful 2021 schedule for Tulane. So I got SMU just in a smackdown. All right. Michigan is six and zero. They are favored by 23 and a half at home against Northwestern. 51 is the number. Can Michigan cover this 23 and a half though? That is a big spot. It is. And I hate trusting Michigan. You know that. I right, hate Especially because the way they grind and grind yeah. and grind. That's a lot of points. If you're a grinding team in terms of clock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're, but they're coming off a of bye week, so they're going to be fresh, and they have two weeks to prep for Northwestern. And look, we've seen Northwestern bow up and, and uh, you know break up a winning streak, beat some of the best teams in the country. They're not that team this year. Uh, I uh, that that's just not going to happen. Michigan's dominant on both sides of the ball. They're 14th in scoring. They're ninth in scoring defense. Um, they've gotten Northwestern's got hammered by Michigan State and Nebraska, and I think Michigan is better than both of those teams. I think this is a smash spot for Michigan. Public agrees. Uh, it's uh, way on uh, Michigan on the, the money side and way on the over in this game. I, I think that's an over I would play too because I think Michigan gets most of it against Northwestern. They're just not a team that they normally are. Like I said, every once in a while we'll see them bow up, but I don't think they're that team this year. So uh, they're not that guy, bud. So give me Michigan. <laughs> Well, 23 and a half might sound like a big number until you get to the Oklahoma game. 38 <laughs> and a half. Third ranked Oklahoma is favored against Kansas. The over under is 66 and a half in this game. And Boggs, I, I know Kalen Williams has played very well, but 38 and a half, that is, that is a huge, huge number. Do you think they can just steamroll here? And we're talking about like a, a 50, I mean, they got to put up a 50 spot here or something close to it, right? Right, which has been a problem with Spencer right. Rattler. But now that Caleb Williams is the quarterback, they've just they've hit a different gear on offense. Caleb Williams took over since he took over in the middle of that Texas game. He has a 67.8 completion percentage on the year, six touchdowns to zero picks, three rushing touchdowns. He's averaging 12 yards a carry, Joe. Like <laughs> the dude is unbelievable right now. Kansas has looked improved, right? Uh, they've mm -hmm. looked a little bit better. Um, but I just can't deal with them. I, I'm look in the three power five games that they have played their average loss is by 38 points. So uh, this uh, 39 points this 38 and a half mm -hmm. uh, is under that. I think this is like a, you know, 70 to seven type wow. of a game. Okay. You know, Rattler might see the field. In this <laughs> game. So uh, oh, it wouldn't be man. shocking at all. So uh, I, I think, uh, Oh, you just, beats the piss out of Kansas. It's well, if, as long one. as he could take enough uh, time out of his schedule, sitting on the bench, filling out transfer forms. We'll see. Oh we'll yeah, see that's true. That. I mean, he yeah. had uh, today, it was news that he removed Oklahoma off of his Twitter follows or mm. something or Instagram follows. Or that's something. always a, that's... it's always a big deal. Whenever you remove something from your social media, the earth moves. It's unbelievable. God, it's my Who favorite Who is paying attention to that is what I want. Everyone, everyone. I, guess. I wish uh, they were too old. We are too old. I mean, please don't even get me started. LSU 
At 12th ranked Ole Miss, Ole Miss nine point favorites in this one. 76 and a half uh, is the number here. Uh, we see LSU kind of uh, imploding on itself. We got the news that, that Ed Ogeron is going to be uh, leaving town after a at win. The, after a win. After a win. <laughs> well, leaving a high note. You got a Costanza thing sometimes, Box. But I mean, look, I don't know how this is all going. You know, I don't know if any emotion gets wrapped into this at all, or if he told the players beforehand and that was the inspiration for that win. I don't know. Sure. I also don't know how long that lasts against a team that's ranked. Right. I mean, did you hear the stuff uh, about? Yeah, him? I heard this stuff. Yeah, the gas station. Interesting. Yeah, great, classy move. And uh, you know, after you are your team has already been investigating for a lot of improper stuff happening under your watch to go and do that type of stuff. So, but look, uh, I think if I, if we were only talking about the spread here, this one would definitely be in a lean because I think the spread of nine in, is uh, in Ole Miss's favor is about perfect. Ole Miss is five and one, but an SEC play, uh, they have been beat by Bama and played close games against Arkansas. They won by that failed two-point conversion, and the final against Tennessee was closer uh, than the game, but they, they still only won that one by five points. They were only a point favor, so they did beat the spread there, but they, they just they played real close. The biggest factor in this game, in my opinion, is Matt Corral is a mm. big question mark to play. Like I said before, at those 30 carries against Tennessee, he got pounded into the ground. Lane Kiffin said, well, he doesn't feel good. Our buddy John Lobb, on the ITL CFF show went off on Lane Kiffin. How do you run this kid 30 times into the teeth of the defense? I can hear John Law's oh voice my in my head God. saying this. His face, uh, I mean, Just his, redness, red. yeah. his redness of face was only like a six this week when it was a nine a couple weeks ago, but that was also about Lane Kiffin. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, look, uh, th that's the biggest thing here for me. LSU is all over the damn place. They lose to Auburn. They get smoked by Kentucky, and then they beat Florida, right? So I'm keeping this one in my likes because I love the under in this game. It's 76 and a half. I don't know why people are betting on the over here, but Matt Corral is not 100%, and the way that LSU beat Florida last week was by running the ball 43 times and only throwing it 24 times. So if that is the game script again, which it should be if they want to win a game, keep the ball out of the Ole Miss offense's hands and keep that defense on the field and grind them and make them tired for the fourth quarter so you can rip big chunk runs off. That's the way you win this game if you're LSU. So I think that all trends towards the under. So I, I kept this in my likes because I like the under, not either team against the spread here. Yeah, the under from everything you're describing seems like the way to go. I need to see a little bit more Matt Corral before I want to anoint him as the best quarterback in this That's class. understandable. I'm not yeah. there yet. And the one game that I watched him the most was Alabama, and that was the last game one should be well, judging him on. Yeah. Alabama, so that that's, that's so I'm not going. Although, that's also the one game where you're going to say, well, this is most like what the NFL is going to be. Sure. So on that note... We'll leave it for another I don't time. Know we'll come back has, to it. I don't know if he has NFL uh, caliber wide receivers. That is that is a fair. That is an absolutely fair point, without a doubt. But uh, we shall see. Clemson at 23rd rank Pitt. Pitt is uh, three-point favorites in this one, 48. So uh, I guess the question is the number more than anything here, the 48. How do you feel about this one, Box? Yeah, this is another game where I, I don't like the against the spread number at all. I like the under. Clemson mm. has only played uh, to this low 48 total twice this season. And the most points they've given up is 27 to NC State on September 25th. So I won't touch the spread here. It, we've been waiting for Clemson to turn the offense on the whole season. They haven't been able to do it. 
but they are the way better team on paper. Pitt is the scrappy team that plays Clemson hard, whether they're ranked or not. Like I was talking about this on CFB Winning Edge. When was the last time we saw these two teams play and Pitt was the ranked one and Clemson wasn't, right? Uh, it's been a while since that happened. So um, I, I think I'm going to avoid the line and play the under here because Pitt's defense, like we just talked about, they just held uh, Virginia Tech to seven points in Blacksburg. So uh, I think this game definitely trends towards this under of this low total of 48. So I'm going to leave it in my likes for the number again and go under that 48. It's a low number to go under, but Clemson is better on defense and they're bad on offense. So I think they'll hold pit and also not score. So this looks like a 17 to 14 game to me, you know, something like that. All right. Tennessee at fourth ranked Alabama. It feels weird to say fourth ranked Alabama, but I'm saying it anyway. Uh, 25 is the number that Alabama is favored by the over under is 67 and a half. Hendon Hooker, one of the best names out there right now. I mean, that, that is definitely a, a Tennessee name, I think, that you would like to read in a laugh. Hendon yeah. Hooker, he taking over, over under center. He's the uh, he he is uh, the transfer from Va Tech. And right. it's funny, um, I just started playing on my Twitch with the Welsh. We have a In This League Twitch. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, we were setting up a franchise. And I was looking at people like to get like the real college draft class and all that stuff. Cause you can do that in Madden as well. And there are, uh, there are classes getting banned because people try to put Hendon hooker in and it's a curse word hooker, you know? So, uh, I thought that was hilarious. It doesn't mean anything to us here. It's just a goofy, uh, thing I wanted to say, but look, Tennessee had a different gear when good old Hendon hooker took over at quarterback. And since that loss to Florida, where he, uh, after he started, they've averaged 44.3 points per game. The problem is that he's hurt. He's mm-hmm. uh, been limited in practices. So even if he does suit up and go out there, he's less than a hundred percent. And they're playing Bama. Who's already had their hiccup. You know, they lost right. to Texas A&M. We talked right. about it earlier. They just beat down Mississippi state 49 to nine. They're not going to lose to two unranked teams mm-hmm. in the same year. That's not going to happen. Nope. But can, but in this is the 25 in danger at all. I don't think it is. I, okay. I, they've won this game 14 times in a row, Joe, mm. uh, against Tennessee and won by 25 or more three of the last five years. This, you know, Bama knows they got to be flawless uh, from this point moving forward to make the tournament. So uh, that also means getting, you know, back up to that number two spot, hopefully for them mm-hmm. and just beating teams into the ground. So I think that 25. Uh, number is safe, and I'll be taking Bama and laying the points. All right, let's get to uh, the last of the likes, which is fifth rank Ohio State, favored by 21 points at Indiana. The number is 60 and a half. Uh, Ohio State in a romp here. Yeah, look, uh, Indiana's had too many problems scoring. Uh, And since Ohio State's lost to Oregon, they've won every game by at least 21 points. Uh, Indiana has had a brutal schedule. They opened up uh, against Iowa. They played Cincinnati week three. And the last two weeks have been Penn State and Michigan State. So, uh, you know, that's uh, five ranked opponents that they played with Ohio State coming this week. Uh, Indiana is for sure underrated. And, uh, you know, but at this moment, they have quarterback issues, too, uh, with Penix being questionable. Maybe he'll play. 
but they're 107th in scoring in the country. Ohio State is a sort of dominance right now. Another team that knows that they have very little leeway after their mm. loss to Oregon early in the season. Right. So I just don't think Indiana is going to be uh, going to be able to keep up with them, regardless of who is at quarterback. So uh, I just think Ohio State wins this one in a beatdown. All right, let's get over to the leans here. First one is Illinois. At 7th ranked Penn State, Penn State 24-point favorites in this one. The number is 46.5. Penn State's always a little up and down. Can they muster enough here offensively to separate, though, for this 24? That's the question. Penn State is definitely the better team in this game. Right. The the only win Illinois has was against Charlotte. Illinois is having problems moving the ball. They're 120th in scoring. Penn State is 4th in scoring defense. So this should be a lopsided game in favor of the Nittany Lions. But I have it in my leans instead of likes because uh, QB Sean Clifford for Penn State is highly questionable with an undisclosed injury. And the backup Taquan Roberson was brutal in the Iowa game. He was 7 for 21, 34 yards, and two picks uh, when he came in. Granted, that was, you know, they weren't expecting him to play, and it's against one of the best teams in the the best defenses in the country. I understand that. Illinois is not. But they also have freshman uh, Christian uh, Velu working with the first team in practice along with Robertson. But you know the old saying goes, if you have two QBs, Joe, you don't have, don't have one. one. So mm-hmm. I just don't – I'm not going to depend on this over – I, and I'm not because I don't know how much Penn State is going to score and I'm not going to take them minus the 24 because that line is too big if Sean Clifford's not in this game. If we get word that Sean Clifford is playing, I'm smashing Penn State minus the points and I'm smashing the over because it's not like he's going to be smashed a bunch of times by this Illinois defense. Right. Uh, he's not really in danger of re-aggravating stuff if they let him go, in my opinion. So... Uh, now they could yank him if they're up big and let Roberson play and make some mistakes. Mm. So that's dicey too. So I think right. just for the most part, uh, I'm going to leave this game alone because I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for Penn state this week. Oklahoma state was 12th ranked last week. Now they are ranked eighth in the nation. Mm-hmm. They are going mm-hmm. to be at Iowa state, Iowa state seven point favorites in this one. How is yeah, look, OK State, they're undefeated, but the margin in every single one of their games has been 11 points or less. And that is why they are winning by the okay. skin of their teeth every single week. The issue here is that I don't know that Iowa State is for sure a touchdown better than OK State. The Cowboys have been in games decided by 10 points or less. Absolute blowouts. Uh, right. So uh, they, they don't. Um, the, I mean, Iowa State, uh, they don't trend either way uh, as far as against the spread or the over-under, as says. My my gut says uh, you make OK State an underdog, and Mike Gundy gives those guys uh, something to talk about in the locker room, gives them inspiration, sure. you know, something like that. It just that. seems like the line is wrong. That's I guess that's the thing that jumps out to me right away. It does, but Iowa State came in ranked way better. They have a lot of pro-ready guys on this Iowa State team. They just slipped a couple times. So uh, I, I think I'm, I'm going to roll with OK State here, but I don't I don't really like it. This is one where you see a line like this and you go, hmm, is the wrong team favored here? I don't, I don't think the wrong team's favored, uh, but if I'm getting points for Oklahoma State, I'm going to take that, but I just don't have a ton of confidence either way. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one here. Oregon at UCLA. Oregon ranked 10th in the nation. UCLA, though, favored in this one, two and a half points. The over-under is 47. Mm. Joe, I've said on this show... 
that I am not messing around with either one of these teams, both of them. So that's why this is in the leans instead of the likes. Uh, so uh, I look, Oregon plays up or down to their opponent every week. They're one in four against the spread. So I'm going to roll with UCLA here, but they are unbelievably inconsistent. I like the over in this game as both teams have explosive playmakers and both are averaging over 30 points per game. I'll take the over 47. I think that's too low for these teams, but you know, they both have pretty solid defenses too and unpredictability for these teams. And they play late because it's the pac 12. I do not want to be up late depending on one of these clown teams uh, to win me some money. So I'm going to stay away from this one. If anything, I like the over here. Now a broken clock is right twice a day. So mm -hmm. let's talk about Notre Dame here, Boggs. Eventually, we got to get this right. At some point in time, Bogman's <laughs> got to feel good about something when it comes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame at home, six and a half point favorites at USC. Old fun rivalry game. USC-Notre Dame goes back with a storied history going back many, many decades. 58 and a half is the number. So, Bogman, I give you the floor for our final game here. Notre Dame six and a half over USC. What say you? I mean, why does Notre Dame have to be on TV every damn week? Like, <laughs> because they're Notre uh, Dame, because well, of the I mean, name brand value. That's what we got is. them one week on Peacock, right? So they weren't on nationally televised, right. so we didn't have to talk about them. Every other week, it's been uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. But, you know, uh, they vex me for sure. Uh, but they've been in three three-point games so far this year, and only one game decided by more than 14 points. And USC might be more confusing the Notre Dame, Joe, uh, they're three and three. They've uh, won big or lost big each time. Three wins by an average of 25.6 points and the losses by 16 points. So I guess if you're picking this game, you just got to pick the team you like and know they're going to beat the spread. So I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think that the better team right now, USC has an interim head coach. They might have issues at quarterback because Dart is practicing. And I think Slovis might be better than him. So I'm going to roll with Notre Dame in this game, uh, but seems like every time I put my money or my mouth, uh, you know, towards Notre Dame, they screw it up, which is why this is in the lean. So I'll take Notre Dame very trepidatiously. There you have it. Make sure you go bet the other side now. Go immediately to bet USC now that he likes Notre Dame because we know that it's money in the bank. And Bogman's done very well this year, but that's this. Hey, look, everyone has their Achilles heel. Sure. I, for an entire season on tel live national television, picked the Rams wrong for, uh, I think it was 15 straight weeks last year, including in the playoffs. So there you go. I mean, go. look, yeah, sometimes there's just a. Now, team granted, it was the Jared Goff Rams, so I do get a slight pass on that. They were very frustrating. <laughs> there's just a team that has your number. It's not even yeah, their yeah, opponents yeah. or, or no. the spread or whatever. They they get you every time because you have too much or not enough confidence in them. And that seems to be Notre Dame for me this year. Well, I have nothing but confidence in you, Boggs. And <laughs> obviously, uh, make sure you check out Bogman's work over at bettingpros.com where you can get all the consensus lines in one place and go ahead and place your bets. Again, great content going over there over on Betting Pros. So make sure you hit that up. Uh, and and look, you know, we're uh, week eight so far. I mean, it's funny because I think if we took a look at where we were earlier in the season, right, and going into this year, I don't think anybody would look at this top four right now and think, yeah, that's what the four would be. Yeah. you Are you telling me people didn't have Cincinnati at two overall? Uh, that's, no. that's surprising. But I'm telling yeah. you they did not. 
it's it's an interesting year. But look, yeah. I, I think that I just really hope Cincinnati doesn't slip because if Cincinnati I do too. It's slips, a good story. It's fun. Yeah, but if Cincinnati slips, we're gonna have you know Chaos. two SEC teams, Oklahoma and uh, Ohio State. That's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be Georgia, Bama, Ohio State and uh oklahoma and we've had that too many times we've seen that story before we, we need some new blood so <laughs> i would love to see cincinnati in there all right that'll do it for us but the story of the game goes on for scott bogman i'm joey p we'll see you next time kids <laughs>